This is the Steve Zabin Show. You don't know what the hell you're doing! On the Team 980 and the Team980.com. What the hell is he doing? Here he is, the Zabe. Sports are starting to stir, and that's a beautiful thing. UFC coming up, pay-per-view from Florida this Saturday. Bunch of names I don't know. Solly was around. He could give me a quick tutorial on it, but I'll get up to speed before the week is out. The PGA Tour is going to have a charity golf skins game match play two versus two. It'll air on NBC May 17th from famed but reclusive Seminole Golf Club in Florida. No word yet on when the Tiger and Phil as well as Brady and Manning, match is going to go off. It's kind of weird that that was announced almost two weeks ago, and we don't have a date just yet. ESPN's going to start showing Korean Baseball Association games at 1 a.m., at least uh, every night of this week, so that's good there. NASCAR is going to come roaring into our lives as well, not this weekend, but next weekend. And then the PGA Tour sometime in early June. Also, the NFL schedule is going to come out by no later than this coming Saturday, and we can play the old glorious game of win-loss, win-loss, win-win-win-loss, loss-win-win, and uh, and start dreaming of the football season, which I think more and more people are cautiously hopeful is going to go off with fans in a manner that we have come to know and expect, expect with some precautions. I believe uh, today on one of the morning shows, uh, someone with the Miami Dolphins rolled out what they said would look like the uh, pre-game screening process for fans to get into the stadium. And I'm sure it's going to be cumbersome. I'm sure it's going to cost teams a lot of money. I didn't see the specifics of it. And we're obviously still very premature as we are a full four months out from starting the season. But that's fine. That's good. Whatever it takes to make people feel comfortable and safe and to play the games before at least some fans, if not exactly a packed house. So we got stuff got stuff brewing here, which is great. Oh, and we also have Joe Exotic News, as if he's still worthy of news items. <laughs> you know, the whole that whole Tiger King phenomenon, that was so early pandemic, Zabe. That's so like yesterday. Two bits of news on Tiger King. Joe Exotic will be played by one Nicolas Cage in an upcoming eight-episode series being produced by Imagine Television and CBS. It's based on the Texas Monthly article, Joe Exotic, A Dark Journey into the World of a Man Gone Wild. (laughs) And Nicolas Cage is going to play good old Joe Exotic. Also... That bitch, Carol Baskin, got tricked, Scott, into an interview with what she thought was The Tonight Show's Jimmy Fallon by a couple of internet pranksters. She had not done any interviews until this past week, and then a couple of pranksters got her. I don't know how they got her, but they did. I'll have to read you the story, but I saw that come across my Twitter feed, and I was like, (laughs) Carol Baskin. Did they get her to confess to the murder of her ex-husband and having fed him to the lions? 
So there you go. Nicholas Cage Too funny. will be yeah. the guy. Looking forward to it. Yes. I, uh, I heard you mention the Dolphins mock-up. It was on Good Morning America this morning. And it was Did you see it? Tom Garfinkel. Uh, ESPN wrote a whole big article about it. And Garfinkel comes on and he talks about the mock-ups. Now, Hard Rock is a 65,000-seat stadium. The Dolphins said they might be down to 15,000 fans for the next season as they adjust to a different setup. Garfinkel's hmm. quote is, Abe, we'd like to have times for to come in for security at different gates so people would be separated out in terms of when they are coming in. We would exit the stadium much like a church environment where each row goes and then another and then another so people aren't going out at the same time in a herd. It, it'll be it'll be something, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, if people adhere to it. Right. And look, if that's what they're going to do, and if that's what they have to do, fine. It's May 4th right now. Exactly. Let's see what the shape of this whole thing is come September. Let's see what interventions may exist at that time. Let's see what the overall pandemic looks like at that time. Fair. You saw where in, I believe the big square in Rome was like packed. They're finally off of lockdown. Spain let people out for the first time, and people ran wild and free. Australia is calling for schools to return, so there's that. It's May 4th. Let's see what June 4th looks like. I saw so, your governor also that. said that uh, things are going to start ramping up slowly. Phase 1. Yes. Phase 1 will begin May 15th. And that if it proceeds okay, that phase two would be June 5th or possibly sooner. And that would involve phase two. Schools and organized youth activities like camps can reopen. Non-essential travel can resume. People can start circulating in parks, outdoor rec areas, and shopping centers while avoiding gatherings of more than 50 individuals. Unless unspecified precautionary measures are taken, restaurants, movie theaters, and other large venues can operate under moderate social distancing rules. It's funny. Somebody in the governor's office said, oh, phase one could be a two-year affair. That was a week and a half ago, and people lost their minds. So we'll see. Slow and steady, figure it out step by step, and away we go. So there's this uh, thing you got to see here. I swear it's a troll move. By UniWatch, or by, uh, uh-huh. I'm sorry, by New Era? Yes. So I tweeted this out, and I, you can look at it on my Twitter feed. Paul Lucas, our friend, and he comes on from UniWatch, the guy that is the keeper of all things uniform aesthetics in sports, and has created a tool called a seam ripper, which will surgically remove the New Era brand mark that is small on the left lower side of a ball cap of your favorite major league team or whatever team it is. It's almost like New Era saw this tool and said, okay, hold our beer. There's apparently a hat they now sell in which, and I'm looking at it, it's a green New York Yankees hat, which is disgusting right there uh, in and of itself. That is a disgusting act. Pine green Yankee hat, stupid. The Yankee logo on the front of it is teeny tiny. The New York Yankees. It's about half the size of normal, if not a third. 
on the side where the UniWatch or where the uh, New Era logo goes, that UniWatch sells the little things to rip it out because you want perfection and cleanliness with your cap. The New Era logo is gigantic. <laughs> it is so big. It covers half of the side of the ball cap. It must be 50,000 stitches if it's a single stitch. It's like they said, you will never rip this logo out there, UniWatch. And Lucas says it's a real cap. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Do you do you think that's a possible real cap or no? Is it a joke? I, Did they do I, it just to troll him? I think it is an actual hat and I think that they're aware of the of the backlash for the logo. It it, it it's just stunning. Who who would want a hat in which the side logo of the manufacturer was 20 times as large as the team logo on the front? It's a bad idea. This is just a bad idea. I love people commenting back to Lucas. At this point, we don't need a seam ripper. We need a flamethrower. <laughs> yes, and the hat's exactly. 45 bucks, Zane. $45. Sure it is. It might be a case of just the, the, the boys and girls at New Year are saying, well, let's just see how stupid of a hat we can make and still sell a few copies. You can get it in 7 and 7 eighth and 8. Size 8, because it is the 5950 fitted Yankee hat. Why you'd want it in pine green, I I have no idea. And it's the New Era Yankees or the New York Yankees? Apparently the New Era Yankees. That's gross, man. I think it. I think it's funny, and I think it's intentional, and I think it was them saying, okay, guess what? We know you're out there. We have ways <laughs> to strike back. Coming up, we'll talk, to, we'll talk to Joe Theismann about Friday night's incredible Alex Smith documentary, his own journey back from a broken leg, never played again, but knows the feeling all too well, and it was featured in last night's documentary. The quarterback of my ute, Joseph Theismann, joins us next right here on the Steve Zabin Show on the Team 980. Now back to the Steve Zabin Show on the Team 980. And 95.9 FM. People don't believe this, but it's true, all of it. November 18, 1985, Joe Theismann. November 18, 2018, Alex Smith. Injury, broken right tibia and fibula. Alex Smith, broken right tibia and fibula. Team Redskins, location Washington, D.C., yard line 39. Final score of the game, 23-21. Caused in part by three-time Defensive Player of the Year, Lawrence Taylor. Caused by three-time Defensive Player of the Year, J.J. Watt. Not exactly caused by, but both were in on the play. And the left tackle in both games, Joe Jacoby was off the field due to injury, and Trent Williams is off the field due to injury. It's it's all true. It's kind of crazy. And I'm now proud to welcome on the quarterback of my youth, Joe Theismann, to talk about the special on Friday night. Joey T., good afternoon, sir. How'd you like the documentary on Friday? Uh, first of all, Steve, it's good to catch up with you, and I send my best out to everybody out there. And I want to thank all of our frontline uh, first responders and nurses and doctors and everybody out there helping to get us through this thing. Thank you. Amen. Um, I thought it was incredible. I, I really thought it was uh, um, it was so well done. Um, it was it presented 
I think the severity of the situation, and we're all very thrilled that, you know, Alex got through it with limb and, and alive and everything else. I thought Elizabeth, his wife, was incredible uh, as mm-hmm. a rock going through. But I, our, our breaks were similar in so much that both of us had a spiral fracture of the tibia and the fibula, and the tibia came through. I was fortunate enough, um, the antibiotics that they gave me, and I wondered why I was in the hospital as long as I was, and they really were just bombarding my body with antibiotics to handle any infection. I did not wind up with an infection. Alex wound up with four different type of ones, one being being flesh-eating that just moved through his body so rapidly. Mm -hmm. And what you saw in that special was the graphic nature of what they had to do First of all, to save his life, then to save his leg, and then what he went through to uh, to get himself back to a place where I'd have given him a five percent chance of playing football, maybe uh, to where yeah. I think that's closer to eighty percent now. Say, I really yeah. do. Eighty percent, interesting. Eighty percent. From what I could tell, yeah, I think. From what I could tell, I Joe, the biggest challenge is going to be he has that drop toe on the injured leg because of the loss of the front muscle in that leg and that's very critical and it's probably the hardest thing to get back to where it needs to be what do you think is the last hurdle for him if he really wants to play well the last hurdle is this and and, uh, we've talked a little bit about it it's when you drop back and plant your foot there's enough stability in it to be able to drive the ball when i i lost power in my right leg now i don't know to what extent i did not have a rod put in my leg i'm my leg is a half inch shorter and it's affected my knee and my hip and my back in time. Um, I do wear an orthotic to try and compensate for it, but the throwing mechanism is not just your arm. I think people look at a quarterback and say, Oh, look at his arm. It's, it's the drive off your right leg. It's the rotation of your shoulders and your hips. And it's the arm. The arm is like a catapult but it needs to have all that foundation beneath it to be able to generate the power you need. When I got hurt, I lost about 10, 15% of that power in my leg. It had to be made up somewhere else. It was in my arm and I wound up with soreness in places I didn't have before. Like I said, Alex probably has the full length back. Um, If he drops back, I think he'd be fine. If he moves to his right, he's fine. It's when he rolls out to his left, if he can move to his left in a fluid nature without looking like it's a drop step going that way, then I would say he'd be able to do everything he needs to do. Uh, it's going to be that movement, I think, that'll be critical to being able to determine whether or not he'll be able to come out on the football field and play again. Is it worth doing, though, all things considered? You played, Dave, it's a good, he plays, <laughs> we can't understand it as mere mortals sitting on the couch, Joe. Is no. that worth it? There's only one person who can answer that question. Neither you nor I nor anybody listening out there can answer it. It's, it's Alex's question Alex. to answer. And, and I just, and, and this, I, I've, I've gotten inundated with tweets ever since it came out and I've commented on it. And everybody says, oh, he should retire. It's, you know, he may get hurt and all that kind of stuff. People don't know who we are. And I think the most important thing that people can do is respect us for the decision that we make with our lives going forward. 
he's he, he's not one to give up. Now, he's worked so hard, so the quality of his life with his family and his kids going forward should be great. There shouldn't be any more complications, mm-hmm. God willing. So he mm-hmm. should be able to do all those things that he wants to do in, in quote-unquote, what I call normal life, because we're not normal. Let's face right. it. You know, it's a different world we, we live in, we play in. It's it's a different animal that plays this game. And I think everybody has to sort of take a step back and say, maybe you wouldn't do it. Maybe you would retire. Maybe you wouldn't want to go through all this. But you're not Alex, and you're not right. Joe. And, and I would think, you, like I said, going through what would he you have through, gone? Would you have gone back out forward. there? Would you have gone back out there, Joe, if the medicals had permitted it? I wanted to, Absolutely. Matter of fact, I, you know, it was really interesting, and, and Joe Gibbs and I had this conversation, and, and Coach is just an incredible man. And so we had this conversation regarding me after um, I, I started to move around about I had a I basically had a retry out in April of, of 86, and I just couldn't move. Now, I thought I was doing pretty well, and Bubba Tyre, our trainer, they all went into the locker room, and Bubba said, I said, hey, I, I'm not finished with my workout. He said, oh, yes, you are, Joe. I couldn't move. I mean, again, it was November to April, so it was really six months, not a year and a half like Alex has gone through. Of course, like I say, the severity of his. And, and I, I said, to, you know, our coach said to me, he said, Joe, look, he said, you've done everything you can do in this game. You've had a terrific career. We've won a lot of games together. You, you played a long time. You economically have done very well. Um you, you don't you don't need to come back. And I said, Joe, you don't understand me. I need to. This has nothing to do with economics. It has nothing to do with anything except the fact that I need to try and get back and play for me. I need to do it for me. So, yes, the answer to your question is I wanted to come back. And two years after my injury, you know, I was throwing defensive drills for a lot of teams, for the Browns, for the Chargers, uh, for the Redskins. I'd go out, you know, and throw scout team. I'd warm up with guys. I Seattle, I did it. And um, it took me about two years to really get to a point where I could move around. And I still, in my right leg, where the break came through, I have, it's sensitive. Uh, I have no feeling in the arch on the left side of my foot. Um, fortunately, like I said, they didn't have to take the muscles out like they did with Alex. I mean, I, that, was to me, that to me was, when, you, when they took the bandage off the first time and saw the infection, mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. I think every if I gasped and I knew it was coming because I've been around them since the injury for a year and a half and, and just, you know, anything, yeah. you know, you want to support them. I mean, the doctors and the therapists, they take care of them physically. It's the yeah. mental thing that you go through. And what about, I, you know, I'm what about, what like about the, what about the half eaten chicken wing photo? That was the one that floored me because they didn't tell me that one was coming. Oh boy. No, no, that yeah. was, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and it, it just, to me, I hope everybody looks at it this way and it says it just has to give you so much respect for who the man is and how important this is to him. And that's why I say don't judge what Alex wants to do or what I say based upon what you might do because we're, we're wired different. That's all. I mean, Alex used to carry rocks underwater to train, for goodness sake. He's Aquaman. So, I mean, this is, for us, something coming back from injury like this, 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 it's a hurdle, but it's not one. It's a mountain, but it's not one that we don't feel like we can climb. 
Joe Theismann, NFL MVP, Super Bowl champ at Theismann 7 is where you can find him on Twitter. Joe, I talked to you on B. Mitch's show ahead of the program running on Friday night and uh, had so many questions now that we've all seen it. When Alex sought your advice in the early going, have you had you along the rehab road adjusted that advice, sort of depending on where he is in the process? He, You know, he really didn't seek my advice. It was more one of two guys having a conversation that's shared a similar situation. Um, we've talked about it. We've talked about his the, the road he's making, the, the progress that he's on, the road he's on and the progress that he's made. Um, you know, I just, I believed, I just had great doubts that he would be able to come back. And I don't anymore. Because where the, where the Project 11 ended is not where Alex is today. I think Alex is much further ahead with That's his right. rehabilitation it than where he probably ended, what, five months ago, end. maybe? Yeah. I mean, we, this is, he's so much further ahead. Um, and and every, every month is an advantage. Like I said, there's only a couple of questions that I have. I think his arm will be fine. Uh, the power in the arm should come back. Nobody's going to work harder to get it. And, and those were the things we talked about is, you know, sort of, you know, you can expect this probably going forward. Or right. as you start to move around, you may experience that. These were things that I went through. Um, you know, some, of them, some of them he didn't. Some he did. But – if he does play, it almost certainly will not be for us, will it? Why not? Or will? Or well, well he's I, got a, he's got, he's there's got this guy. There's this guy, Dwayne Haskins. He's running around in your number right now, Joe. I'm not. You're sure you're no. aware of that? Save. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, let me see. What shell did I crawl out from under? Right? No, or the rock I crawled out. No. Here, here's no. the situation. So here's, he could play I, for us, but that would necessitate a pause at some point in the Haskins era. And what's wrong with that? I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> sat behind Alex. For, I mean, Dwayne got a sampling of professional football last year. If, if, and there will be competition. That's the other thing. Is if, this isn't Alex's job is just to walk out. The Redskins would have to make an economic decision as well. And then you have Kyle Allen there, who, yeah. who really is familiar with the system. You basically have three quarterbacks. and We signed one late, too. But, I mean, you've got those three. And in Dwayne's case, Dwayne, the way I foresee, if Alex could play, Dwayne can't get down or discouraged. I mean, you can play that position, quarterback position, barring major injury for 12, 15 years, or sometimes 20. So this would be, and you put it so well, Sabe, this would be a pause. But the great right. thing was is Dwayne, Dwayne had a chance to bite the apple. He had a chance to to understand the preparation, the the mental part of it, the physical part of it, the emotional part of the game. He had a chance to sample it. So did Kyle. Matter of fact, I think both of them in late November started about the same time, um, and they, they yeah. both did it. And, and and here it is. And you got a well, new coach, so you know there's going to be competition. Well, it'll 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 be interesting uh, in a couple of months if Alex keeps on making progress and he's moving around. Okay, before I let you go, Joe, I got to get your thoughts on Don Shula. He actually drafted you in the fourth round, and yes. you had a chance to play for him, but instead you went to the CFL. What are your thoughts on Shula, who passed away at ninety today? I say by very few regrets about the game. The one thing I do look back on and sort of wish I could have done was play for Coach Shula. In hindsight. 
Um, he's the kind of coach I'd love to have played for. He's a, he's a tough guy, uh, very disciplined, very set in his ways. Um, you know, like Coach Gibbs was. Coach Gibbs was set. People don't realize it, he was, it was Joe's way. It was his way. Uh, coach Belichick like that now. Um, you know, when he tra- – actually, George Allen traded a number one – I became a number one pick in 1974. The Redskins gave up their first-round pick for my rights. And then what people don't realize is in 1971, when I did not join the Dolphins, they uh, Don Shula went and got Earl Morrill from Baltimore. Earl Morrill in 1972, the undefeated season, started nine of the 14 games, went 9-0. and So if you really want to uh, hypothesize a little bit, um, by me not going to the Miami Dolphins and going to the Toronto Argonauts, the Dolphins were able to get Earl Morrill, who led them to – two-thirds of their undefeated season. So to all the Miami fans, you're welcome. (laughs) There you go. Joe Theismann, (laughs) always a pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Bye-bye. There you go. Joe Theismann, uh, the quarterback of my youth, the man who still holds the longest string of consecutive starts under center for the Washington Redskins. Coming up, DMV Sports Desk with Scott Lynn on the other side. It's the mother of all... Reports of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. The DMV Sports Desk on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. This report brought to you by the FCC. Scott Lynn, do you watch free TV with an antenna? Are some of your local channels missing? Find them again by rescanning your TV using your remote. Not sure how? Learn more at FCC.gov slash TV rescan. Starts off the National Football League. The league is in mourning today. The great Don Shula has passed. Legendary coach of the Dolphins was 90 years of age. Won an NFL record 347 games, including playoffs. Six Super Bowl berths between Miami and Baltimore. He won the big game twice. NFL schedule out later this week. Fox Business this afternoon says it's likely Thursday night it'll be released. Fox Business continues. Fan attendance will be up to local jurisdictions. Sources telling the network that Texas is the most likely state to allow games. By the way, no international games this year. Four were set in London, another in Mexico City. High school football. How about Caleb Williams, quarterback from Gonzaga, top-ranked QB in the country. He has his final three schools list available on social media. Oklahoma, LSU, and the University of Maryland. Louisville served with a notice of allegations from the NCAA about their hoop program. Allegations include a level one against the school and a level two against new Iona coach Rick Pitino. Tennis, world team tennis, usually has a three-week season spread over nine cities. They're now in talks with a couple of venues to host what would be a one-city effort. This report brought to you by the Virginia Department of Health. You in traffic right now? Well, if you don't have to be going somewhere, please go home. And if you do have to go out in public, wear a cloth face mask. Go to vdh.virginia.gov to learn more. DMV weather, 73, sunny, a little breezy in Silver Spring, partly cloudy near 50 tonight. Clouds only in the mid-50s for your Tuesday. Everybody checking into the game a little earlier. Kevin Sheehan show now 6 to 9 a.m. Doc and Galdi 9 to noon. B. Mitch 12 to 3. And the Zabe Show takes you home 3 to 7. Brand new schedule on the Team 980, 95.9 FM and the Team 980 app. More of the Zabe Show on this Monday as we continue live from the 95.9 FM Team 980 studios. Steve, back over to you. All right. Thank you very much, Scott.
I tell you what, it was quite a sight to see, and I think it was real, but you know how good these special effects are, and you don't know how many body doubles certain dictators have, but look who's alive! Oh, son of a bitch! Oh, my God! It's Kim Jong-un! Look at him! He's not dead! The video of Kim Jong-un swaggering. It was the Vince McMahon strut. Wide-legged, toes out, big, oversized pants billowing, arms a-jangling like, what? You thought I was dead? Hell to the gnaw-gnaw. I was just with my 2,000-woman-strong pleasure squad, chilling, laying low from the Rona, but now I am back, baby. So reports of Kim Jong-un's demise greatly exaggerated and or outright missed. Does any of the outlets, NBC, CNN, whoever else reported on him being either in gravely ill condition or possibly dead or brain dead or who knows what, how much of a knock is that against their reportorial record? Given that, Scott... Given that, yeah, given that it's impossible to get solid intel out of a hermit nation like North Korea. That's what I was going to say. I would not knock them that much. I would say, look, they were going on probably some sources with intel in countries like Japan and South Korea and the U.S., and they were not quite right. So, you know, what are you going to do? More importantly... How do you feel about him being alive, assuming he is alive? I actually said this amongst the manversation over bourbon on Saturday night. I said, you know what, though? I'm actually glad he's alive. What are you talking about? I said, it's simple. He's the nuclear we know. I don't trust the new nuclear ass we don't know. So in that regard, I'm okay with it. Now, do I want him to eventually die a horrible death? Of course. Evil, evil man. Causes misery to millions of otherwise innocent North Korean citizens. Would I love for that country to stabilize and uh, defang itself of its nuclear? Of course, of course. But, I mean, that's got to be in time. I think right now, with everything else going on in the world, he is the nuclear I want in there. Trump actually said he was glad that he's okay, which some people (laughs) didn't like him saying. But if you're thinking about it in sort of a 3D chess international diplomacy way, those little things get, you know, I believe Kim Jong-un has a Twitter account. He sees that, and he's like, all right. All right, thanks. Wish me well. appreciate that. Now we can go back to being frenemies. Like you said, buddy, the un you know is better than the un that you don't. Un you don't. No, right. exactly. easier said than done. No, but you're right. And by the way, whatever mole leaked that something happened or he's been missing, that mole may be dead. Who knows? Sure, sure. You don't. You have no idea. Did you catch any of the flyover on Saturday? With my ears only, I believe it happened. Well, I know, I know it happened too far south for us to get a good glimpse. I saw so much on social media. Our buddy Jeff texted you and I some yeah. good footage. Lots of friends, and you know, I'm oh really? Oh, it's on Twitter. I had no idea. 
It was great. Wherever you were, Zuck saw it from uh, where Arlington or Alexandria. Our buddy Jeff saw it from the Vienna Metro Garage. People were down by the mall in Bethesda by NIH. There were amazing vantage points all over the place. And, of course, it was super well done. I'm fascinated, Zay, by the whole thing happening in 20 minutes, bro. Yeah, well, those planes are fast. Yeah, it's And apparently they don't, they don't observe local speed limits. They don't have I'm to. looking at the uh, little YouTube page called uh, that's run by the United States Navy. And they've got in-cockpit camera footage of them flying over. And it just is so effing cool. I believe the Thunderbirds for the Air Force has theirs as well. Um, that's just so good. Good stuff. I, it would have been nice to be right underneath it. And that's kind of why I was, I, I had big plans to go travel, yeah. find a spot, where was, park, where was the beach chair? Yes, the soccer and chair, I'll uh, talk. a Slurpee, something. I'll talk. Mm-hmm. I'll talk, no action. All hat, no cattle. All good intentions, no actual get up and go. Next time, next time, next pandemic, and next flight. Oh, God, God willing, there is no God, like, pandemic. Shut your mouth, next one of these. We are never, ever doing this again. Let's hope That's not. Like Taylor Swift. And I, I, I heard you, uh, you read the mask PSA from the Virginia Department of Health. I'm all about wearing a mask as a courtesy in public, out and about to make other people perhaps feel better. The efficacy of non-N95 masks, including the surgical masks that many people wear, is very limited, sketchy at best. They might actually be worthless. But if you're if it's going to make one store worker feel more comfortable, I have no problem doing it. Now, mm-hmm. wearing masks outside while picnicking or even running, I think is dumb and needless. But some are like, you got to do it. And I'm like, okay, so what? Do you have a proven study that shows exactly how it works? Worse is people wearing their masks inside their cars. There have been a number of people who have passed out in their car and crashed because they wouldn't take their mask off. So it's like we're here. I know from a laziness standpoint, you're like, ah, it's on. I'm going to be hopping in and out of the car. I'll leave it on. No, it's dangerous, and you're at no risk inside your car. So stop. So while we're here, this might be a dumb question, and maybe I'm just buying entirely too much into this. So I pull up behind you, and we're at a red light, and you have a coughing fit, and you're asymptomatic, but you're not, you know, who knows? Your sunroof is open, and the germs go out the sunroof, and I've got a sunroof, and I... Is there is there any possibility of that sort of supermarket aisle transmission? From what I have read from actual scientific journals, that airborne transmission is heavily dependent on viral load and that the airborne transmission has almost always been shown to be in an indoor setting only and it would require you talking to somebody for up to five minutes in fairly close proximity in an indoor environment. Now, it doesn't mean you can't catch a stray microbe and that it can't hook into your system and start replicating. There's no reason it can't. But in general, from what I've read, it's more of an indoor thing than an outdoor thing. 
If it makes you feel comfortable and if you have no problem breathing while in your car with a mask on, I guess go for it. But the larger problem is this. There's not there's a lot of people that are not buying in that are not going to do it and they're not going to go quietly. For example, in Oklahoma, one mayor has already rescinded the mask requirement because of a quote large number of violent incidents, including one with a gun directed at store workers. They said the heaps of abuse that store workers were getting, and again, this is Oklahoma, this is where Tiger King comes from. Correct. These poor store workers are trying to enforce something that many people are like, man, hell, I ain't no wearing no damn mask. And then in addition to being working, in addition to having to work in a, high-risk, potentially high-risk environment, they then have to deal with high-risk psychopaths. And they said, you know what? It's just it's just not worth it. Also, and this is wrong, man wears KKK hood while grocery shopping in California. Good God! It makes you wonder, okay, so that's bad. That's probably disturbing and triggering and frightening to people, but it is technically a mask, I suppose, of sorts. What happens when you wear a mask, but it's like a Gump Worsley goalie mask? (laughs) Then what? Does that count as a mask? I don't know. Ohio did the same thing. They backed down from their mask edict because... They just felt like there weren't going to be enough people complying. I do it out of courtesy more than anything else. You know, I wear my stupid respirator into the grocery store. I just do it thinking, okay, if you're there working, you know, I'm coming in fully fully keeping my germs inside my little... Yeah, you have a two cuts of some chicken. Okay, great. Have a good day. Limes. You uh, you just said limes in the produce aisle. What lime? You want meat? What? what no. <laughs> what? Where's the sesame oil? What are you saying? Oh, uh, uh, golly. Carson Wentz speaks out amid Eagles Jalen Hurts controversy. Says he's happy for him and welcome to the team. Do we have a budding quarterback controversy in Philly? Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 we do. Well, how about that? You sense it already, huh? Have you talked yeah. to your boy up there in Philly? No, I uh, I reached out to him a little bit ago, and we're uh, we're you know we'll, we'll reconnect. But who is who's simple, your boy again? My buddy Eric Morris. Eric my Morris, friend. Right. I, I, I haven't gotten his take yet. But okay. from the simple Why don't I call there, my brother-in-law, Todd, who knows just yeah. enough to be dangerous, to get the wrong take on whether or not there is a budding quarterback controversy in Philly? Sure. And I think it's going to be hard Luke for Hurts to, to sing. It, how is, how is Hurts going to beat out Carson Wentz, honestly? Well, there's that, and there's the, <laughs> the payroll thing that's attached to Carson Wentz. But if he can stay healthy, there is none. He hasn't been able to stay long-term healthy. And then there's the Mitch Trubisky thing, which you've yet to get into in depth, but we sh- probably should next hour. It's rare for a quarterback in the first round to not have his fifth-year option picked up. Didn't Jameis and Marcus Mariotto both get their fifths picked up, and then they were let walk out the door this year? Yes. Yeah. So, in other words, 
most teams are always going to see that fifth year, no matter what. But the Bears have said, eh, let's just see about that. Certainly, I think the days are numbered for old Mitchell Trubisky, or as our boy Charge calls him, Sad Trombonsky in Chicago. We'll talk more about that next hour. Coming up, the Daily Zabe, all the news that matters to me. Beyond the world of sports, ever seen baseball size hail? Well, guess what? They did today in Arkansas. My question is, was it the regular season live ball baseball hail or the postseason dead ball hail? Some pretty incredible audio and video with it as well. That's next. Don't go away. Now, it's the news that matters to Zabe. Step right up. Step right up. Oh, it's the subject matter I'm sure you're familiar with. Whether it matters to you or not. All that matters is power. This is the Daily Zabe. Brace yourselves, America, for some potential mind-blowing news. On the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Daily Zabe brought to you by Healthnetics. Get yours today and save 20% by using promo code TEAM. That's Healthnetics.com. We start Dateline. Monster Hail. We gave you the story of what they thought was record-breaking hail in Argentina or something like that. It was just a mammoth chunk of ice. In Arkansas today, this is the kind of hail that came down literally the size of baseballs. Listen to that. That's incredible. And they show the video out the window of these giant hailstones the size of baseballs landing on the roof. Wow. We haven't had a good hailstorm here in D.C. in a while that I can recall. I'm glad. We don't need to have the ones that sound like you're filling up a bucket at the driving range either. What the bleep (laughs) is that? That is crazy. So is it me, or are we seeing an increase? Maybe it's just the better news gathering, I suppose, that we're seeing an increase in this kind of stuff. There's more cameras, more digital media, able to to share this stuff better. I mean, between hail this size, murder hornets, pandemics and other craziness you drunk 2020 go home go to bed dateline the mother of all fake news this is one of the cruelest things i've ever seen the baltimore sun recently ran a little game called spot the difference in the picture it was in their sunday april 26th editions it's like oh i'm gonna scan it i've got an eagle eye oh look that hair is actually over her ear and this one, and it's not on the other. People love that game. The Baltimore Sun had to run a correction saying, we apologize to readers that the images in the spot the difference feature were actually the same image and not in fact different. No. The Baltimore Sun regrets the error. Sorry. I spent all day in quarantine. Looking for a difference, and I couldn't find one, you sons of bitches. That has now spawned a army of memes based on that. You are nodding your head like you have seen this story, 
right? Yes. <laughs> the the story apparently is Abe, it was a kid's version, so it wasn't the worst thing in the world. That's what a friend had told me, that it was two really easy ones, and it wasn't like, because the Washington Post magazine does these puzzles every Sunday, and they'll have, you know, real-life pictures from real-life people of the marina at the Annap- at you know the Annapolis Harbor. And you're right. like, wow, am I looking for a sail? Am I looking for a person? This was just a kid's version of a side-by-side puzzle. A little yeah. easier. I'm looking at one here. Uh, people are joking. Uh, somebody tweeted a picture, and it looks like the exact same quarterback pose of Brock Osweiler with the Broncos and Justin Herbert with the Oregon Ducks. Yes, they're standing in the exact same pose. You're typical about, I'm about to throw it quarterback pose, but one's a Denver Bronco and the other one's Justin Herbert. Spot the differences. Uh, file this one under Mazel Mazel. Good things, I suppose. Dog the Bounty Hunter, Scott, is engaged. Mazel Mazel. Good things. Just 10 months after his first love and bride, Beth, died of cancer. The new Dog the Bounty Hunter girlfriend is uh, sort of similar looking. I guess he's got a type. But, yeah, his new girlfriend, Francie Frain. And they're looking forward to a long life together. Uh, Beth Chapman uh, died of cancer 10 months ago. Very tearful. They chronicled it. And, uh, yeah. Is Dog the Bounty Hunter still on TV? No idea. Good question. And then what do you think of Nick Cage playing Joe Exotic? You were down. We couldn't get your hookup back working again. But uh, any thoughts on that? No. I, I have no, I not no good? part of this. No, not not the right choice there. Okay. No, I don't think. Isn't it so. funny how how Tiger King was so early pandemic, was so early quarantine? I feels feel like, like a different day and age. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Yes. Right, coming up, hour number three of the program, and we're going to talk to. Where did I put my notes? Well, we got more stuff to come here. Sorry about this. Temporary discombobulation. Hour three of the Steve Zabin Show straight ahead.